morning in this particular month's edition we're talking about the seven decisions wise couples make every year seven decisions wise couples make every year and if you're single um you need to understand that knowledge has both an immediate value and a post-dated relevance so you may say oh i'm single why did i come to church this morning pastor is talking to couples in fact the best time to hear it as a single is before you get married I hear what I'm saying this morning. So there is never, um, like they say, there is no better time to plant a tree than 20 years ago. So if you missed it 20 years ago, the next best time is now. Because whether you believe it or not, or whether you like it or not, right? As long as you keep breathing and if Jesus studies in his coming, another 20 years is going to come. So in that 20 years time, are you going to have a tree or not? You know, and the tree in this context can be anything you want to build. Especially your relationship and your marriage. I want to start out by saying that for everything that will last and work well, a manual must be provided. The hallmark of an authentic product is that when you buy it brand new, it has a manual, isn't it? Even though in these days of um, um, eco-friendly stuff, you just have a piece of paper and you have a QR code you can scan. But at least there is still a reference to a manual. If you buy a brand new car or an almost brand new car, even cars have manual. You will see it in the dashboard, in the glove box. You will see a manual there. But you know, I've heard so many people say things like, marriage, there is no manual for it. You know, that people are different. So there is no manual. It's, a, it's, it's as a function of who you marry. You just wing it along the way. When I hear such things, I laugh. Is the reason why a lot of people are experiencing needless pain in marriage and in relationship. Because they already believe there is no manual. If human beings have enough sense to create a product and give it a manual, the God that created the human beings, will he create something and not provide a manual for it? And let me tell you this, marriage is not man's idea. Marriage is God's prerogative. It was God that said it is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helpmate, a help suitable for him. So the idea of marriage is God's, you see, and for it to work, it simply means God must have provided a manual, and his manual is his word. To try to do marriage without recourse to God's manual is preparing yourself for gallant failure. And I can assure you this will happen. I was saying at the Life Master class this morning, for those of us that were the Life Master class, the 8 a.m. service, that in the next 5-10 years, in fact, 5-10 years is so long, in the next few years, there will be a lot of divorce, massive divorce rates. Because people are believing this lie like never before that marriage has no manual. You just do it. As it comes along the way, you wing it as you feel. <laughs> and you know, those who live according to their feelings end up failing. Never forget that. If you make a sound, you make a major decision in your life based on how you feel as at the time you are making that decision. And you are not making that decision based on solid principles, right? That don't shift. Things that are solid, there is a guarantee that you are making a wrong decision. In Matthew chapter 7 verse 24 to 27, Matthew 7 verse 24 to 27, the Bible says, therefore, whosoever Here's the saints of mine. Okay? And does them. So two things in that phrase. It says he hears and he does. Now we're speaking here Jesus. 
And I love what they say. The fact that it's plural. It is a whosoever had the word. It's a whosoever hears these words of mine. So it simply means if you want to do well in finances, there are words you must hear from God. Things you must read from the word about your finances. You want to live a healthy life. Right? Or you want to receive healing. There are words you must hear concerning your health. The same way with marriage. You want to do well in marriage. You want to build a successful home. And see, never believe that marriages don't work. That's another faulty mindset a lot of people have now. You say, you know, all these people saying their marriage, they are just pretending. Wow, I must be a good pretender. So marriages don't, don't deceive yourself. All these people, they are fighting. Misunderstanding is different from fighting. I hear what I'm saying. So all these people, don't let them deceive you. You see, there's, there's, no, there's no perfect marriage. <laughs> you know, when people have failed at something for so long, like my dad would always say when we were growing up, it's a Yoruba statement. Say, what that simply means that when you have failed so much, you want everybody to fail like you. And so to prove that you are not the only one, that you are not that bad, say, I'm not the only one. So you begin to look for confirmation for your failure. He said, so so person slapped his wife yesterday. I slapped the wife yesterday. Say, really? Ah, so I'm not the only one they are slapping. That's how that, that, that you also no, sorry, not that you shall not. If you try it, I'm the one that will beat you. <laughs> he was like, ah, that's how we also slapped. That's how. So he, when you now hear that five people do this, and he's normal. You now begin to counsel, give stupid counsel. He said, oh, man, that's how they are. They will beat you, we'll just be managing them. You know, such counsels have been passed down from mother, grandmother to mother, to ignorant daughters. So that's how men, that's how they are. Men has come. And your marriage come. He says, I will liken a wise man to the one who builds his house upon a rock. You may not be building a house, but you are building a marriage. He says, the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not. Why? Because he had certain things and he did certain things as a result of what he had. Now when you look at the other man, it says that a foolish man is the one that builds upon the sand. And the rain descended and the flood came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not. And great was the fall of it. <laughs> oh Lule. <laughs> you know, that's why it just occurred to me. I just said, let me even check in Yoruba translation what that phrase is. You know how the Yoruba translation puts in? It said, We will receive Jojo. <laughs> you know, Yoruba version is. <laughs> you know, sometimes I just love reading the Yoruba version. You know, said, we will receive Jojo. And that is, the fall was massive. So it's not ordinary falling. Massive falling. That everybody, you could not pre, you could not hide it that this was a great fall. See, the difference is not in what happened. The difference is in what was had and what was done as a result of what was had. Because the one that stood and did not fall, the Bible says the rain fell on it. The flood came to that house. The winds blew upon the house, but it did not fall. Same thing happened to the one that fell. So the difference is in what they had and what they did. The question is, how you are conducting your relationship as a single and as a married person? Who gave you the ideas you are hurting upon? Because ideas come from certain places. Some people make their decisions based on trends. 
What's happening now? You know, there was a time which I believe is actually the right thing. Before a guy walks up to a lady to ask her out, you will meet her parents, especially the father. I was having a discussion with some of us yesterday that there is a reason. People see, people just think everything is just concept, tradition. When a woman and a man wants to get married, who brings the lady down the aisle? The father. It simply means the father should be the first love in the life of the daughter. So, he's now handing over to another man that take over from where I stopped. But when that thing is not there, you see a lot of ladies, what they are really looking for is the missing love. They don't have any father. That's why a lot of ladies miss it early in life. Because what the father, and let me tell you this, men, especially those of us that are fathers, and you have a daughter, please play your role. I hear what I'm saying. Play your role. Don't let that girl be looking for what is not lost. Because if you don't play that role, one stupid guy will lie to her. And she will believe that lie. Am I making sense this morning? So don't build your life. Don't build your marriage on trends. So years ago, people will walk up to the father. I want to ask out your daughter. Or they will go with their family members. So people were more serious. So you can't just do that if you have not made up your mind that you are not serious about that decision. Well, you know, today, people just ask themselves out anyhow. I make public proposal. A relationship you are not sure of. You go to ICM and say yes under pressure. See, you may not like it. You may say, this man is too old school. I love my old school. It gives me peace of mind. Proposal is not supposed to be done publicly. Never ever supposed to be done publicly. The fact that it has become a trend does not make it right. Because in a proposal, it should be a conversation. Will you marry me? Why should I marry you? When do you want me to marry you? But when everybody is surrounded with camera, say yes, say yes. Somebody that is not ready to say yes, you now say yes, and then time to eternal trouble. It's supposed to be a conversation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So after the yes has been said in private, you can now, if you still want to do have the public affair, you can now do that. But not when a conversation has not been had. Nothing has been clearly stated. I say, yeah, because everybody, you see, a lot of people, you see, another thing that is trending now is after party. Even Christians. People are not even questioning it. Why must you have an after party? You start behaving mad on the first day of your marriage. It's, it's, people don't question these things. So now, as a Christian, if you are planning wedding, you must plan after party. What do they do after party? What are they doing there? That's the question you should ask yourself. So that's the time when you can behave like a godless. If Jesus comes at you after parting, go. <laughs> you, you go and continue the rest where you are. So, let's think about these things. Media and what is trending should not control your life. The word of God should. The difference should be clear. The Bible says it shall come to pass. There shall be a difference between those who serve God and those who do not serve Him. See, I have this ideology. I've spoken to people that are encouraged to stay as sinners. I know somebody will look at me, eh, are you not a pastor? If you are not ready to serve God, stay in your sin. If you are a sinner, sin well. And if you are for God, let everybody know. Don't be in between. Because even Jesus said that if you are lukewarm, I will spill you out of my mouth. I don't want to have anything to do with you. If you are on fire, be on fire. If your fire is dying, let it die fast. And let us know you are not on fire. You are not saved. The difference should be obvious. It's unfortunate that today, the difference is not clear between the relationship and the marriage of the unsaved and the saved. The difference is not clear. 
and it shouldn't be. Wrong things people build on. They build on feelings. They build on tradition. They build on opinions of godless family members. Your uncle likes you because he wants to sponsor your wedding. You are listening to his counsel about marriage and he has married three wives. How can he be the best person to counsel you? Well, because he said, don't worry. Oh, my friend, five million. I'll give you five million. See, you don't need five million for marriage. The most important part of a marriage is free. I do. Marry your capacity. Marry your capacity. Don't go into debt because you want to say I do. Say it within your capacity. If you can say I do with five billion, fantastic. If you can say I do with five hundred million, fantastic. But you know one thing I've discovered. The more expensive a wedding is, ah, you know I do this professionally. The more expensive a wedding is, most time the likelihood it will not work. Go and check it. My wife is in the wedding industry. And I do a lot of research on this. Because oftentimes when there's too much emphasis on the wedding, there is no planning for marriage. And they are two different things. So when everything you are thinking about is the clothes, the color, the vendor, most likely you are not thinking about the values. You are not thinking about the vision. You are not thinking about even the purpose of the existence of that institution. Most likely. Because it takes time to plan a very expensive wedding. It takes time takes time. Sometimes people book first lady over one year ahead. It's two weeks, uh, two months that you are planning wedding. Some people have planned their wedding two years ahead. So somebody planning wedding two years ahead is not 10,000, be 10 million they want to spend on wedding. You hear what I'm saying? Is it wrong to plan that much in advance? No, but plan much more for the marriage. Because the wedding is a day. The marriage is a life. So what are the seven decisions wise couples make? And please understand this about decisions. It is your decisions that determine your destiny, not your condition. So there are people, some people say, ah, you know, the reason why I don't know what to do is because, you know, I did not have a good model. My parents' marriage did not work. You can't use that as an excuse. There are people who are products of failed marriages and their marriage worked. And there are people who are products of good marriages and their marriages failed. You can decide that your own will work. I hear what I'm saying. I want you to repeat after me. Say, my marriage will work. Whether you are single or married, say it with conviction. You don't believe it will work? Ah, say it, my marriage will work. Ah, anytime you plan to get married as a single, you must believe your marriage will work. Believe it will work. Because that's where it starts from. What you believe is what you become. If you have a belief that men beat women, your husband will beat you plenty. That's the kind of person you will attract. In fact, when you begin to see signs that this guy will beat you, you will not think anything is wrong with it because you have already believed men should beat women. So what are the seven decisions wise couples make every year? Number one, they decide to put God first. They decide to put God first. In Matthew 6 and verse 33, the Bible says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Seek first is not a suggestion, it's a commandment. I hear what I'm saying? No matter who you are, no matter how accomplished you are, no matter how much money you are or the lack of it you have, seek first. See, the first personality, the created man, 
man and woman had an encounter with was not with each other, it was with God. When God made Adam, who was the first person he saw? When he opened his eyes, who did he suffer? And who did he see first? God. When God made Eve, who did she see first? A man? God. So as a lady, as a single lady, uh, a guy comes to ask you out, or you see that a guy is hanging around you, the first question you should be asking is not, does he love me? Is does he love God? Someone that does not love God cannot love you well because God is love. He does not have love. He is. See, no matter how much someone that does not love God, no matter how much they try to love you, they cannot love you. They will keep hurting you. Don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. It is not packaging boobs and butt enlargement that keeps a man. Are you hear what I'm saying? It is the love of God. Then, um, Joseph said, how shall I do this thing and sin against God? Not how shall I do this thing and my boss will catch me. Because he may have never been caught. He would have been a successful slave. His own food will be different. As far as the one servicing your guy's wife. They will give him special food. And he would have thought that was the vision God showed him. Because the Bible says when he got to Potiphar's wife, they put him in charge of the whole house. And Potiphar was no ordinary citizen. Potiphar was the general of the Egyptian army. That's why when they sent him to prison, they didn't send Joseph to a normal prison. They sent him to a presidential prison where he met the baker and butler. So he would have thought, wow, this is the vision God gave me. But let me tell you this, you can't compromise to fulfill what God showed you. Never. So whatever you think you got, and you thought, ah, this is what God told me. And you got it through compromise. That's not what God showed you. That's what the devil has sold to you as a substitute. So wise couples decide to put God first every single year. We are still in the first month of the year. The year is almost over. As a family, for those of us that are married, have you made the decision to put God first the more? If you have been doing it before. If you have never done it, have you decided that this year God will be first? Not your spouse. God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God. As much as I love my wife, she knows I love God more than I love her. And it's not a public thing. She knows. And I believe she loves God more than she loves me too. See, I've said it a couple of times. A successful marriage is not a straight line. A man and woman trying to meet each other is a triangle. The more you are trying to get closer to God together, huh? the more you get closer to each other. Because there are certain things that God is even the only one that can reveal to you on how to love your partner. Because he's the one that made that person. You didn't make that person. There are certain things that is the Holy Spirit that can tell you, no, do this for your wife, do that to your wife, do that to your husband. This is what we're making. But you, you have learned all the strategy, Dr. Phil, opera, everything. God bless people, you are just practicing it. And nothing is working. And now, that's when people now get to, what do you guys want me to do? Because you have not done the right thing. What else am I supposed to do? I've done this, I've loved you, Tori Toron. <laughs> what else you want me to do? <laughs> because you have not done the precise thing. So wise couples decide to seek God first. Seek God first. So my encouragement to you is as you start this year, and as a single, see, you can't learn how to put God first in marriage if you have not learned it as an individual. So it begins with you as a person, as a human being. What position does God take in your life? What position? What position? I'm amazed at so many singles that are obsessed with marriage, but they are not obsessed with God. Isn't it amazing? 
they are now disturbing God. God, give me a husband or I die. Give me a wife or a backslide. Who could back, backslide very fast? Because God can never be under pressure. The best thing you can find in your life or the best spouse is in God. See, the reason why you need to love God is many people is when they want to get married, they don't want to hear from God. They now be submitting prayer points everywhere. Looking for prophets that have no job. Nobody does that to me because you already know my stand on things like that. But I won't be surprised that there are some of us here that you are doing it. You know that your pastor will not do it, but you have pastors you submit names to. Huh? You already know it, Abby. You submit Alex, Alexandra, and Cassandra. That's it. Which one? I was having a conversation with someone a while back. He said, the mother was pressuring, give me names I can give my pastor. He said, no problem. We're pressuring, pressuring, pressuring. So, the person gave a name. It was one person. You know, Yoruba names are very long. So, one person broke the name into three. Oluwa, Dara, Simi, Pupo. So, gave the person Dara. <laughs> Simi. <laughs> I forgot the how the person did the third one. The person said, ah, you see me, you see me, say, you are a liar. It's the same person. <laughs> Some of you need to do that. With all the names you are submitting around. People are just eating your money. They say, I will pray for you. Uh, Baba, they chop chicken. You believe they are praying for you. See, you are not an orphan. God wants to talk to his own children. Are you an orphan? That somebody needs to hear God on your behalf. See, the thing about getting closer to God also is that it makes you more loving and forgiving. And you need those two things in marriage. Hey, when I say people who are experts at malice, ah, ah, I'm always, I always pity them and they are planning to get married. Ah, marriage will frustrate you. As in, you will have diff- a lot of opportunities to be angry. A lot. Ah, every day you will just be fighting. Hey, if you don't get to that point where God has so much work on you that you can take your eyes away from some things, you will never have peace in marriage. Never. That Prince Charming will offend you. In fact, the more charming he is, the more charming the problems. <laughs> so how do you put God first? Personal and corporate prayers. Personal, number one, and number two, corporate prayers. It simply means you must have a personal prayer life. Personal prayer life. Personal prayer life. You must be given to prayers. You can't be running around and you don't have time for prayers. Trying to chase the deal as a husband. You are talking to clients. You have not spoken to God. He said, ah, it's the money I will use to take care of family. You are missing it. What you put forth is a reflection of what you prioritize. You know, some people, it is only on Sunday morning they play gospel songs. I have no such families. I know some like that. They play gospel songs on Sunday morning. Every other day. On Sunday morning, they play, I wash. You'll be hearing songs, old dumb songs. Ah! These people are old timers. Monday morning like this. Doa, doa, showa, Tuesday, sex tape. Wednesday, what? 
I have been rich till I die. That one is even okay. <laughs> on Sunday, you hear again, I war. Why are you deceiving? Because God is not deceived. You are the one deceiving yourself. You are the one deceiving yourself. See, as a believer, if God is not going to be priority to you, go and backslide. And who could face the devil squarely? It will pay you. This is not a year that you'll be... You see, because you can't mix God, you can't mix God and the devil. You can't. You can, and you see, the thing is, the people that are always at a disadvantage are the people that are not decided. The most dangerous place to be is in the middle of the road. So that's why you see that sometimes Christians that are in church and in the world, that's, most times they have nothing to show for their lives. Those are the ones unbelievers do better than. Because you are not, even the devil knows you are not with him. And God knows you are not with him. So nobody is coming to your aid. Put God first through prayer. Personal prayer. Like I always say, if the people around you, people living with you, people closest to you don't know your prayer time, you don't have a prayer life. You don't. You don't. You don't. I hear what I'm saying. Next, how do you put God first? Personal and corporate worship. Personal and corporate worship. Learn to just worship God. I hear what I'm saying. Everything should not be God. Give me, give me, give me. Break through, break through, break through. Time you are breaking down. Sometimes just, you know, if you don't know the songs to sing personally, when you come to church and you hear those songs, be writing it. And when you get home, sing it again. He said, I don't have a singing voice. God does not mind your key. You understand all keys. And sometimes as a family, for those of us that are married, come together with your family. Just worship. Just sing songs. I know the songs you are listening to at home by the songs your children know. You know, children are a great revealer of things. They are very honest. If you want to know what a family does in their private home, go to children's birthday parties. A child that knows how this dance step, every dance step, obviously, is watching it in the house. Obviously. Obviously. How do you also put God first? True kingdom engagement. Let your family be sold out to God. Remember this is I'm saying as a family, it must start with you as a single. For those of us that are still single. Let it be obvious in your family. Let everybody know that the kingdom comes first. Kingdom engagement. I hear what I'm saying. That's why you notice that as a church, even when we want to have our daily prayers, we pray first for the kingdom. Because that's how every other thing comes. God is not an errand boy. You know, the picture the average Nigerian has about God is that he's an errand boy. You just write your list. God, this year, I want a new car. A new house. But no new wife. If you have decided, you have decided. You've chosen your destiny. <laughs> a new... Just write everything. What about what matters to God? When last did you talk to someone about Jesus? That's how to engage in the kingdom. Winning souls. And so when people hear someone, they think he's taking bell on the road. Wag bag bagang, wag bag bagang, wag bag Jesus ayere o akiri no so winning is being a witness talking about what God did in your own life. If you want to sell something to me, why should I buy it? That's so winning. 
What has God done in your own life? Tell someone what God has done for you and why they need to accept that Jesus. That's why I love the word witness. It's a legal term. When they put someone on the stand as a witness, it simply means you are a first-hand experience. You can't be a witness if you were not part of that experience. Because, oh, we want to ask you a question. So, were you aware of, he said, well, I was not there. But I had that, they would just take you up the stand. You are not a witness. Come down. Put God first. Put God first. Put God first. And one of the things I'd encourage us to do as families in this house is to engage in corporate prayer with our household. Corporate prayer. Corporate prayer. Have the time you pray as a family. See, no matter how young you think children are, children are not stupid. Huh? Let them have memory verses. If they can learn Ashake, eh? They can learn John 3 16. They can learn Matthew 16. Isn't it amazing? People say children can learn certain things, but they are learning every wrong thing. They know every cartoon. Both the demonic and the you know there are demonic cartoons nowadays. Every cartoon is your children should not watch every cartoon. You know, Apostle Paul was saying about Timothy. He said, when he saw the unfeigned faith that was in him, he said he knew where he got it from. He said he got it from his mother, and the mother got it from the grandmother. They could trace it. What will be said that your children got from you? Because today, that's what people are transferring. A family that prays together will stay together. Because they've involved God in that marriage. A family that does not pray will end up becoming the enemy's prey. It's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. And let me tell you this, the devil is not excited about successful marriages. He's not. He attacked the first marriage. He was confident and bold enough to attack the first one. The one God joined. God was the officiating minister. So he will not attack the one. Ketola Samuel is the officiating minister. Don't be deluded. He will attack it. So the question is, are you prepared? Are you prepared? Hmm. And the devil knows that the way to destroy a nation is to destroy a community. How do you destroy a community? By destroying the family units. How do you destroy the family units? By making people make wrong choices in marriage. See, it's everywhere now. A lot of people are beginning to get the strategy. You know one of China, you know China, um, TikTok is China's product. And what people see on TikTok in China is different from what they see in Africa and in Western countries. How do you destroy a people? By making their youth believe in nonsense. In China, when people open TikTok, you know what they see? You know, one of our leaders actually sent me a video, you know, last night. You know, someone was talking about it. I'd actually seen a lot of videos about that before. The United States is working very hard to ban TikTok in the U.S. Because when you open TikTok in China, you know what you see? You see young entrepreneurs. You see people making money in their young age. People doing massive things. When you open it in Western countries and Nigeria, you know what you see? <laughs> That's what you see. So, um, and you see 5 million followers. You see 360 million views. So, what are you saying? Whatever is rewarded, people gravitate towards. So, you are selling to a young population that this is what you should focus your life on. This is what is rewarded. That's why you see a lot of young people today in Africa and the Western nation. They are just saying, do what makes you happy. Where is that in the Bible? Don't want to be responsible. What makes you happy? 
Someone goes to work first two weeks. Say, I'm tired. The stress is too much. It's affecting my mental health. <laughs> Happens to your mental health. Your parents did harder work than you, and nothing happened to their mental health. Wise couples number two decide to audit their friendship. Every friend cannot be a family friend. If your values does not align, they should not be your friend. Wise couples decide to audit their friendship every year. You need to ask yourself, these are our friends, what are they adding to us? And as a single, you need to ask yourself, that wants your marriage to work. These my friends, what would they believe about marriage? You believe in celibacy. Your friends believe there's nothing wrong. Huh? In having sex with multiple partners. In fact, it's not even sex that's the problem again now. It's twosome and threesome. Your friends believe in threesome. And you, you say, no, I don't believe the Bible says the bed undefiled. You will soon be defied. Because you are surrounding yourself with... You see, you, it is easier to be negatively influenced than it is to be positively influenced. A man that is at the top can be easily dragged down than it is for the man at the top to pull someone up. It takes more energy to pull someone up than it takes to pull someone down. Why couples already their friendship? I remember when we just got married, I used to be very close to this couple. You know, very good friends. You know, as it were. I remember one day, you know, first and I were having a, you know, a conversation, and I spoke to her in a particular way. Ah! He occurred to me immediately. That was where he came from. Because I remember that, my friend, that's the way he talks to his wife. Immediately, I need this only friendship to keep. Nobody needed to tell me. Because I didn't see that from my pastor. My pastor, I never saw my pastor talk to his wife like that. I never saw any of my mentors talk to their wives like that. So I knew there was fire on the mountain. But you know how many of us think, like, oh, matter. Doesn't matter. Me, I will not talk like that. I will not talk like that. You will talk like that. In fact, when it will come out, you will not know. And even when it comes out and you realize you've said the wrong thing, you will be too proud to apologize. You say, what is it? I ain't away. So they decide to what this is their friendship. So who is in your circle of influence? Who are your friends? Who are you spending time with? It's very important. Pay attention to it. And also, in auditing their friendship, when they get the wrong people out, they also develop new friends. <laughs> Wise couples also build new friends every year. Because your network determines your net worth. And the Bible says, he that must have friends must show himself friendly. He that must have friends must show himself friendly. In Proverbs 18 and verse 24, it says, he that must have friends must show himself friendly. Very important. Very important. What are the keys to building friendship? In case someone is thinking in this house as a single or as a married person, how do we build quality relationships and friendships? Number one, be approachable. Nobody wants to make friends with someone that is always frightening. Or we say, I want to have friends, but I don't have friends. I just don't know. I don't have friends. Look at yourself in the mirror. If you are the one, do you want to be friends with what you are saying? And we just always frown, frown, always carrying a long face. It simply means you have a long way to go. Always having a long face. Smile. A smile is the cheapest makeup anybody can afford. Don't you notice you look more beautiful when you smile? And you look more handsome when you smile. Come on, Ledusha. I'm the frowning and frowning and frowning. What are you going through? What weight of the world are you carrying? Even Jesus, the Bible never told us he frowned. And he was carrying the weight of the world on Calvary's cross. Which weight are you carrying? Eh? 
Like they will ask, I don't think Nigerian police ask that question again. What do you carry? <laughs> Number two, to build friendship, be genuinely interested in other people. Especially singles. Don't just be interested in potential mates or potential suitors or potential spouses. There are some singles, if, if uh, some lady, the guy talks to them, they first size, immediately they size him up. You know, they feel it. Can't marry this one. Immediately they shift. Anything the guy is saying, they are not interested. You may not marry him, but he may introduce you to the person you will marry. When the servant of Abraham showed up, ah, uh, in the house of Laban, it was not the servant of Abraham that wanted to marry. He wasn't looking for a wife. He was looking for a wife for Isaac. Of my mentors was sharing a story recently how a particular man in the u.s you know no in canada had lost a wife you know and was still fairly young you see and wanted to remarry so he told the sister who was older and said sister i'm too busy to be looking for a wife up and down now so i'm too busy my work does not allow it he said and as a matter of fact i don't see anybody i can marry in this country said, I'm trusting you with that decision. Look for a wife for me. The sister was in Nigeria. So this particular lady, the sister had always seen in church. So the sister would always make sure she sits with this lady. She did that for almost two years. Checking the character of the lady. A single sister. You know. They got so close, she would keep seat for her, do everything for her. And she just asked her, you know, is there anybody in your life? said, no. Sir. Do you mind meeting my brother? That was how she got her husband. But someone else would have sized up the woman. This old woman. I beg, she fled suitable, suitable bachelor sits beside me. Be genuinely interested in people. Be genuinely interested. Be genuinely interested. Number next. Have a positive attitude towards life. Have a positive attitude towards life. No one wants to be the friend of someone who sees a problem with everything and everyone. Anytime people are around you, you are always complaining, always complaining. The fuel price is now this one. We all know fuel price has increased. It's not only in Nigeria, it's global. Uh, that's the aftermath of COVID-19. 2020 lockdown. You can't lock down the world and expect it will not have a ripple effect. There's something called butterfly effect. They say that when a butterfly flaps its wing in Africa, it can create a tsunami in China. Read it is online. Things are there for every effect. How do they say it now? There is a cause. And governments were doling out palliative thousands of dollars in the year. People were collecting money. You think it will not have effect? And Russia and China too are fighting. You know how many things come from that region to the world? But you, you're always complaining, complaining. As we are complaining, some people are making money. But you, it's the bad things you only have to talk about. Nobody wants to, no sane person wants to be around you. You want to build quality friendship next? Have the mindset of a builder. True friendship is built over time. True friendship is built over time, not overnight. It is only stupid people that open up their hearts to people overnight. It means they have nothing quality to offer. Quality relationships are built over the years. Over the years. During the course of the week, you know, Facebook sent me a reminder, you know, of one of my friends. You know, so I sent it to her and she said, wow. He said, Pastor, I can see how far we have come. A 2015 or 2014 picture. 
And of course, we'll be friends before then. Many of us, we want to be friends now. Ah, huh? I saw entering the person's bedroom the third day. Now, that was one of the things God corrected a particular king in Israel for. He sent an ambassador to him. And the Bible says he showed them everything in his house. When the prophet of God came, he said, what are this? And he said, everything. He said, you are a foolish man. He said, by this time next year, everything you have shown them, it will be taken away. Even God in his order. You see, that's why in Jesus' disciples, there is the 120, there is the 70, ah, there is the 12, there is the 3, and there is the 1. Everybody can be at the same level. It is foolishness not to recognize order. Number three, wise couples decide to prioritize their growth. Wise couples decide to prioritize their growth. Wise couples decide to prioritize their growth. The friendship part, I believe, is so critical. Let me just say this. As a couple, trust God for, especially if you don't have couple friends uh, that have the same values as you, trust God to have new family friends as married people. I hear what I'm saying. And let me say something. Uh, sometimes when I mention friends and I use she and he, there is no female friend that I have that is not also my wife's wife and uh, my wife's friend. So as a man, you can't have a female friend eh? that, is not, that does not like your wife. Alpha and Bolivar. That is me. That means Alpha is looking for something. It's Bolivar's. <laughs> you can't have a male friend and that male friend doesn't want to have anything to do with your husband every time your husband is there, my husband is there, he cuts the call ah, you are being prepared for the day of slaughter we all know the meaning of lulez <laughs> the day you will lose <laughs> every time you are talking to a friend of the opposite side you don't want to hear the I said, he's around. Cut it. I'll call you back. Ah, he's a red flag. In fact, billboard. It's not just red flag. Red danger sign. Number three, decide to prioritize their growth. Wise couples decide to prioritize their growth. You can't give to your partner and your marriage what you don't have. So if you are not growing as individuals, you will not have anything to give to your partner over time. Two years into marriage, you would have been exhausted. That's why people become familiar with their spouse in marriage. Because the spouse is not growing. So there is nothing new anymore. Until they've seen you finish. There are people you can never be familiar with, even if you are living with them in the same house. Because every year there is a new version. As a man, as a woman, keep upgrading. I hear what I'm saying? Keep upgrading. Don't be the version of wife that your husband married 10 years ago. Or 15 years ago. Or 2 years ago. Evolve. And as a man, the same thing. Prioritize your growth. Prioritize your growth. Your vocational growth. Your spiritual growth. In your career, grow. You prioritize your growth as individuals. And you prioritize your growth as a couple. What are the areas in which we must grow this year as a couple? Think about it. Because growth does not happen by default. It happens by design. The only thing that happens by default uh, is physiological growth. When you grow older as a man over time, you get into poverty. Um, I say poverty. Pull you back. You will have beards. Even some of us have tried, we still don't have. We've applied all the cream. You know, show. We have given up. 
Huh? That's physiological growth. The growth I'm talking about, huh? Is psychological. Growing up, not growing old. Prioritize your financial growth as a couple. <laughs> Money is very important in marriage. Don't let anybody deceive you. It takes romance. I mean, it takes finance to run romance. In the presence of lack, that beauty queen can become a monster. You hear what I'm saying? Money gives life meaning. Money does what? It gives life meaning. Say, we love each other. That's all that matters. At a year, you will soon understand. So understand. It's only a matter of nobody will tell you. Sometimes when I see people who are so much in love, oh, we can't wait to get married. We can't take our hands off each other. You will see each other. You will not. When there is no money, you, your hand will stay where it's supposed to stay. <laughs> they say love is blind. Eh? Marriage will restore your sight. Don't worry. Oh, you are nobody will say, oh, yeah, <laughs> Marriage will open your eyes. Prioritize your financial growth. Money is a critical part of marriage. This pastor is so carnal. I like my carnality. I like it. <laughs> I like it. You better be carnal like me in that area. Prioritize your growth. It's a frustrating place to be when you want to do things as a family and there is no funds for it. No funds. First month, first quarter, third quarter, one year, three years. It's not a good place to be. Prioritize your growth. Also, prioritize your intellectual growth. Be getting smarter as individuals, as a couple. Be getting smarter by the year. Smarter and wiser. Learn more. Learn more about marriage. Learn more about things. Don't let it get to a point that when your husband or your spouse wants to gist with you about, you know, they won't want to laugh. They will rather go and gist with someone else outside because there's nothing to talk to you about. You know that people, when you share a joke with them, it is three hours later they will laugh. They say, what happened? That joke is three hours ago. You are just getting it. Ah, voila, wow. Serious problem. So, it took you three hours to catch up. <laughs> so, if you want to share a joke in three hours, and you have to review in advance. So, when he's with his friends, he will not even take you to a place where there can be conversation with his friend. Because he won't want that to happen in public. Because if you laugh 30 minutes later, one hour later, his friends just look at him like, bro, what's happening here? <laughs> so prioritize your intellectual growth. Number four, wise couples decide to plan their lives. They decide to plan their lives. They decide to plan their lives. Don't worry, I'm taking my prayer time. Do you understand? So just remove the prayer time. I know my time is up, so just add the prayer time too. Number four, decide to plan their lives. They decide to plan their lives. As a wise couple or as a single, plan your life. If you don't plan or if you fail to plan, you have planned to fail. As in serious failure. Wise couples decide to plan their lives. They have shared goals and they are involved in each other's pursuits. They plan their marriage. They plan their future. They plan their health. They plan their time. No matter how busy you are. See, if you are not careful, especially in a place like Lagos, Lagos can take all your time that it will end up destroying your marriage. I hear what I'm saying. So you must plan your time. You must plan your time. If you can't have fourth vacation, plan towards staycation. 
You know staycation? You'll be inside your house and you are not going anywhere. You don't have to go somewhere to spend time together. Eh? And save towards it. So during that time of staycation, your wife is not cooking. You order for soup. Some of us don't believe in ordering for soup. Don't worry. You shall continue. They <laughs> say, no, no, I don't believe in those things. Uh, I don't believe in those. Don't believe in it. That's still living in the world of your grandmother. So, no, I love my wife's soup. There's a way it tastes. Uncle food is food. Change your appetite. If you travel, huh, and you go on vacation, and you tell you, hey, you can't cook there. You won't eat the food you see there. People that have relocated now, a lot of people that have jackpot. Is it the food they are eating here? They are, they are eating there. Because when you travel and you see the amount of African food, you will be born again. The food that you will eat here, eh? you eat amala and everything. One five, two thousand. By the time you get and say twenty dollars, you first calculate how much is naira. Seven hundred times twenty, fourteen thousand. Lordy amala, you will eat burger. <laughs> but when you hear your wife say, oh, I'm tired, you know, will you take custard? I say, eh? Monshamori be custard. So I don't want custard. When? Oh, be serious, be serious. <laughs> so they decide to plan their lives. Praise the Lord. So they plan their time, they plan their future, they also plan parenting. That's a part I notice a lot of people are not paying attention today. They plan their parenting. I don't have time to go into it, but there are five types of parenting. There's permissive parenting. We see that in the life of Eli. He allowed his sons to do anything they wanted. And that was why God uh, made sure that the priesthood left his lineage. There's aggressive parenting. Everything is beating. He just always beats. Just be papa. Even the child is already crying in advance. Because he knows that once mommy comes like this, Mr. Black is coming. There's aloof parenting. People that are not interested. It's God that helps us to take care of children. Continue. Even God, when he sent his own son to the world, he put him in charge of parents. Earthly parents. Joseph and Mary. He didn't say, I will train my child from heaven. But you, you leave your child to God. The fact that you bring your child to church does not mean God is training him for you. You shall train your child. So that your child will not become picky. Then there is involved parenting, there is intentional parenting. Another thing wise couples do is they plan their money. They plan their money under planning. They plan their money. They plan their money. They plan their money. The fifth thing wise couples do, do is they decide to pursue worthy mentors. They decide to pursue worthy mentors. They decide to pursue worthy mentors. Singles, can you give me your ears for the next 60 seconds? This may be difficult to do. And you say, ah, but pastor, there are not many people like that. See, never ever in your life marry someone that nobody can talk to. Yeah, jail, if you do it. And that's not to be humorous. I'm telling you. So that if you say, if I report you to pastor, he said, if you like, report to Pope. I can always tell you, you know my journey to Pope Hood is very far. To become a Pope, from pastor, you become reverend, right reverend, you first become bishop. You now become archbishop. His most eminence. You now become cardinal. You can see my journey is far. We have not gotten to Pope. <laughs> you say, if you like, go and tell Pope. Ah, they are finished. And it's not only men. There are some women too that are born rascals. 
Nobody can talk to them. And as a couple, one of the best decisions you can make uh, is to get mentors. Is to get mentors. There are some things I can't do because the thought of if my wife reports me to Reverend as my pastor, ah, I don't even want. To, I, there are conversations I don't want to have with my pastor. I don't ever want to have an answer that. Uh, so you, ah, there are better things to talk about. I, there are conversations I never want to have in my life. So the thought of that alone resets my brain. And you know the Bible says that foolishness is, foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. It says the rod of correction will drive it out. Aha. In many people, that foolishness has not left to agree with them into adulthood. And one day it will manifest in marriage. So you need someone that you can report your wife or your husband to in moments of madness. And as they hear certain names, that madness will just come down. I will like, if you like, tell pastor, what is it? That's why, let me tell you this, one of the greatest things you can do for yourself as a single, as a couple, is to submit to a leadership you can respect. You know, there are some leaders you can respect. Because what if I would do alone, they've used money to shock the leader's mouth. Also, as collect money, collect money, collect seed, they can't talk again. So even when they report, they just say, eh, you two, you will not be doing like that again. We are all each other. The man you should tell that, I don't want to see you in this church again for two months. And you'll be shaking. But you have collected what you should not collect. If anybody has a tilt or you sense a calling of God into ministry in this house, let me tell you this online. It's not every gift. One of the things you must learn early in life is that it's not every gift you collect. It's not everything people give me I collect. Especially when I see your heart is not right. Some that I can't say no to, I will collect it and give it to somebody that you will see that I've given it to. So it will reset your brain. I don't need your nonsense gifts. You hear what I'm saying? You need me. Oh, some of us are not happy about that. You better be happy. So it means there is nobody I can't talk to as long as you are under my leadership. Not talk to you in a rude way, but to help you preserve your destiny. You hear what I'm saying? You don't like it. You want the pastor you can control. Sorry. You are not in the right church. Number six, wise couples decide to prioritize each other. They prioritize each other. <laughs> if you don't prioritize each other, you don't prioritize your marriage, every other thing will take its place. I hear what I'm saying. Mark 10, 7 to 8, the Bible says, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two of them shall become one flesh. You must prioritize each other. Number seven, because of time, they decide to strengthen their intimacy. They decide to strengthen their intimacy. And intimacy in marriage, marriage, in marriage, I'm emphasizing it. Huh? Pastor says, Pastor taught us intimacy in church. For married people, intimacy is strengthened through number one, friendship, and number two, true sex. You can't be married and you can't remember the last time you had sex. Your marriage is already dead. It's for married people. I hear what I'm saying. As one can say as a single now, I want to strengthen my intimacy with my boyfriend. <laughs> the fire of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> so strengthen your intimacy as a couple. Work at being friends. Go out together. If you have children, leave the children at home. Before the children came, you were together. Go somewhere together. 
do things that naturally you will not do. But haven't you noticed that oftentimes we do things because of our friends, even when they are not convenient? For instance, me, I'm learning it now. I'm learning, I had to learn out, I never like native. My wife likes native. So she, too, she does not like casual and formal, so she, now she likes it because me, I like casual. And another thing I'm working on now is Anko. What's the English of Anko? <laughs> uncle. <laughs> so I'm learning to wear ankle. Like today now, we are wearing ankle. Our shoes is ankle. <laughs> I'm trying. Come for me now. I'm trying. <laughs> we would never have done that years ago. So which one is wearing this? <laughs> but that's what she likes. You do things because of your friends. Those things may seem as if it does not mean anything, but it means a lot. Work on your friendship. Work on your friendship. See, the thing about friendship is there is no permanent state of friendship. That's why you see people you were close to years ago. You are no longer close now. In the same thing can happen in marriage or in the same way it can happen in marriage. You can be so close when you get married. Three years, four years down the line, you are strangers. People will even be telling you things about your spouse. You want to, eh, really? They are no longer friends because you are not working on it. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning for the seed of your word that has been sown in our hearts. Thank you, Father, because the wisdom to put these things to work, you will grant unto us in the name of Jesus. The discipline to stay consistent in the practice of these things we receive right now. Someone begin to talk to God right now. I don't know the things you have heard, the specific things that applies directly to you. This morning, I want you to talk to God. Talk to him to give you the wisdom. Talk to him to give you the discipline to put these things to practice. The discipline to put these things to practice. Come on, come on, talk to him. Don't whisper, pray, really pray, really pray, really pray. Oh, Father, we receive the discipline. The discipline to get rid of the wrong friends. The discipline to prioritize you, to prioritize each other, to deepen our intimacy. Oh, Father, we receive the discipline in the name of Jesus. This morning, if you are single, I want you to begin to ask God to give you a discerning art. Whether you are in a relationship or you are about to be engaged or you want to go into a relationship, ask God to give you a discerning heart. For every person married in this house, let's pray for the singles, every single connected to the Gateway Church, that no one will miss it in marriage. That if you are about to miss it, God will scatter it in the name of Jesus. Come on, is somebody praying this morning? Oh Father, we ask for discerning hearts, a discerning heart, a discerning heart. A discerning heart. This morning, I want us to begin to speak peace to every stormy marriage that may be in this house. Let's begin to decree and declare that the peace of God is reigning in our homes, reigning in our marriages. In the name of Jesus, no marriage in the Gateway Church will break. No marriage connected to the ministry of the Gateway Church will break. In the name of Jesus, we speak peace. Every estranged spouse will decree and declare they are coming back together. In the name of Jesus. We give you thanks and we give you the praise. For in Jesus name we have prayed. Amen. Let's celebrate the Lord Jesus as welcome first lady. I believe we can do better. Hallelujah. Alright. So um, I believe we have the questions already. So um, we can take a um, few people um, with the mic. Right. So maybe... Don't know how to write to us, and you want to ask with the mic. Um, I think we can do that. All right, praise the Lord. So the first question says, "How can someone handle situations where one is constantly approached by people of the opposite religion?" 
Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay, if you, are, if you are a lady, I think this question is from a lady, and then um, most times the people that are coming to you are, I mean, if it is opposite religion, obviously they are unbelievers. So it means that there are some things you are doing. There is a message, there's a subtle message you are passing across that you know you are available for them. You know, take for example, everybody is hungry at some point in time. Can you hear well? Can you hear me very well? So everybody is hungry at some point, and when you want to eat, you know what you have. Uh, um, your standard determine where you go to. You know, sometimes you can decide to like um, go to KF, um, KFC, and sometimes you can decide to go to Buka Hot to go and eat because that is what you can afford, and that is what you attract rather because of you know what you have. So if um, an unbeliever, or if the, uh, I mean, people from the um, other religion getting attracted to you, then it means that there's something you're doing wrong. You know, I remember um, um, at some point in my life, I spoke to my mentor about it, you know, that a lot of times people that asked me out were married people, and I was wondering, uh, at what age? And then, you know, I started feeling very bad at, at that time. That, each time I talk to them, or I see them, I'm like, ah, uh, and then my mentor said that you are into entertainment industry. Who do you see? Who are your producers? They are married. That you have to, you know, re-strategize. And I started seeing things in different ways. So what do you listen to? Who do you go out with? Where do you hang out? Who are your friends? Where do you go to? You know, so you need to ask yourself that question. Because you are, you are uh, making yourself attractive for the opposite religion. So you need to consider that. All right. I think what I want to add to that is it's positioning. Positioning is also a critical part. The Bible says that when Zacchaeus wanted Jesus to see him, he went ahead, climbed the tree, and Jesus saw him. Where you are determines what we seeing you and what you are seeing. So it simply means that you are in a position, or you are positioned in such a way that people of the opposite religion are seeing you. So it means you have a lot of them around you. That's why in that pool of relationship, some people believe you are married. Huh? You know, I use a lot, I construct a lot of English that you should not write. <laughs> you know, it simply means they find you worthy as being, you know, getting married too. So you need to pay attention to that. A critical part of it is positioning, right? Positioning. So my relationship partner is a Christian, but we have some doctrinal disagreements around faith and grace. They are subtle, but different from how I believe around this subject. How do I navigate this? And is this still an unequally yoked union? Well, when it comes to doctrinal issue, I have this ideology and this belief, and it's not just a belief, it's a conviction. It's not every Christian you can marry. Exactly. I was going to say that. It's not every Christian you can marry. Right? In the tribe, in um, the nation of Israel, which is a spiritual description of the body of Christ, there are 12 tribes. The fact that you are from a Levite, one of the instructions God gave the Levites is they are supposed to marry Levites because they are producing the priesthood. So as a Christian, right, for instance, if you worship in a place like the Gateway Church, there are beliefs, there are convictions and standards we have. So imagine as a church, we believe in the power of the declaration of faith. 
We believe in the word of God. There are some people that we believe that. Oh, the problem of your life does not require English. You have to make sacrifice. You know, go to the stream and bath. Have I told you to go to stream before? Because we believe it's not anything that we can't validate in scripture, we don't believe it in, in, this, in this house. So those are doctrinal things that we create problems when you eventually get married. Because when you get married and you start having children, what convictions will you give your children? Daddy will say something, mommy will say something else. So you are confronted with a challenge. Your husband wakes up, the husband wakes up in the middle of the night and is declaring, Father, in the name of Jesus, according to your word. The word says, blah, 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 blah. The wife wakes up and is burning incense all over the house. And there's smoke. Everywhere is filled with smoke. Something is already terribly wrong. So it's not every Christian you can marry. So if you're having doctrinal issues, especially, see this faith and grace thing, especially the grace, you know, I've been saying it recently, more people will go to hell in these last days, not through sin, but through the grace message, especially the way it's being preached now. And no matter what you do, the grace of God covers it. Huh? You come to church from your boyfriend's house, after you have had a nice time overnight, but the grace of God covers it. That's not grace. It is disgrace that will eventually happen. Because the Bible says, can we continue in sin and say grace to abound? God forbid. You steal money from your boss. You now bring the tithes to church. It will make God catch you fast. Because we have reported yourself. Oh, what's the God, I stole money. This is the tithe. So it will make him recognize you on time. That there's stolen money in my treasury. So it will come for you very fast. So we need to understand that certain things, especially if it's creating unnecessary arguments, and you can see that this conversation is too intense, let me tell you this, is a red flag. It means your values are not the same. I don't know if you want to add anything to that. Marriage is God's idea, right? Could you please elaborate on this? Who are not believers and the same... Okay, can you elaborate on those who are not believers and they seem to have a successful marriage? Fantastic. You see, the thing about the laws of God is, understand something. There, are, there is the person of God and there is the principles of God. The person of God guarantees your eternity. The principles of God guarantees your life on the earth. You may not have the person of God, but if you are applying the principles of God, it will still work for you. Whether you are Hindu, whether you are unsaved, whether you are whatever you are. But it does not guarantee that when Jesus comes, you will be raptured. Mm. That's why I told us there are unbelievers who tithe, and it works for them. Because according to God's order and creation, no human being is supposed to spend 100% of what they have. Whether believer or unbeliever. There are people that are not saved, yet their generosity is more than some Christians' generosity. And it is working for them. Why do you think multinationals have what is called CSR? Corporate Social Responsibility. It's a generosity culture. But some believers don't believe, eh? they want to take our money in church. Where else should take it? In shrine. The money you don't give to God, something else will collect it. Mm. I hear what I'm saying. So you need to pay attention to these things, you know. So that's the um, simple way I can put it. If an unbeliever applies the principles of God, it will work for them. Yeah, principles and process of doing things. You know, if somebody goes through the right process and you think that you're a child of God, you're not going through the right process, I mean, you won't get the desired result. If an unbeliever stays faithful to his wife, if an unbeliever has integrity, 
I mean, you will get the reward of such, you know. And if you don't have integrity, you, you do things because you say you are a child of God and you expect God to protect you. You expect to have the best just because you are a child of God. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. So you say you are a child of God. Your car doesn't have brick. Mm. But you are a child of God. They will welcome you and never on time. And they say we've been waiting for you. You know you are who saved your house. It's just that you may meet your house all completed when you get there because they were not expecting you that time. Is it bad to want a man to be financially stable and you as a wife to assist him when it's necessary? I have seen in marriages that women equally share bills with their men and it turned out bad. I have a perspective that when you share bills with a man in the house, they turn out to be irresponsible. That's why I want a very stable man that can foot the old bill in the house while I help when needed. Is this perspective? Why are you guys laughing? That's somebody. Is it your question? Ah. Hmm. All I can help is Yari when you need it. Is this perception bad? That's the question. Is it? Is this perception bad? Like I, um, I think a couple of times I've seen that a lot of counseling, um, a lot of issues in marriage starts from money. And one thing I want to, um, one of the things I'll be talking to these single ladies about is that, let me tell you something, erase that perception of a man must have, must foot all the bills. Especially in this age and time, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Prepare your mind to have a me money. When I mean a me, I mean you have money that you can say, oh, my darling husband, you want to do this, or I've done it before you came. Not the mentality that is the one that will do everything. Now, I realize that why we have issues is that a lot of women have been trained and programmed that a man is the breadwinner. A man must be the one paying everything. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. The first time ever that I ever thought about it, like, okay, I want to go to the market and I needed money and I want to use somebody's money, was during lockdown. And that was the first time I was ever going to use my husband's ATM. Like, okay, I want to get something. Because the way it works in my house, I've never seen my mom waiting, okay, ah, I've never seen it happen. I see a gap, I feel it in. Now, don't now mistake that for, oh, I want to help the guy. There are lazy guys all around you. Plenty lazy guys all around. You know. So where you need to balance it is this. Talk about it. A lot of women don't talk about finance with the person they are dating. I heard that now some people collect salary for dating somebody. I don't understand how that works. But talk about it. Please, I want to date you. (laughs) I want to collect salary. Talk about it. Talk about it. You know, okay, so the bills. Let's talk about if you see a guy, I talk to there are so many guys as a single lady that I used to tell them that I can never marry you. I can't even date you for two seconds. Because I noticed that anytime we talk about money, you always your voice is always up. You know, my friends back in the days I was like, What's wrong with you? I'm talking about money. Talk about money. Most women don't talk about money. You just assume, oh, he's buying you things, he's buying you things. I've seen guys that took loan. Oh, because they want to get this girl. They took a loan. Imagine a guy taking a loan of 10 million, like this girl, I'll finish her, and then you see, ah, he bought me this, he bought me this, then you too, you now give the guy all the money and everything. That's not an illustration, we know people that it happens to. As in, it's not, it's not, it's not like, it's not Hollywood. It's not not Hollywood. This one was reality. Like this guy said, okay, 
it doesn't have anything it's doing rented the place rented money got money rented cars and everything and you think that oh it's financially stable and see wake up so don't just say that Follow oh you want money. you you uh, don't just say that, oh, you want the guy to solely, from this question now, you, you are trying to say that, oh, you want the guy to be um, responsible for everything. A responsible woman will not allow a man to do everything. As in, when I mean everything, I mean everything. Sometimes you have to support. But then a responsible woman will also sit the man down to tell him that this and this and these are responsibilities. How do you think these bills will be shared? So that you won't kill yourself in the process. So take for example, some men believe that women pay school fees. Because that's how they were raised. Some men believe that women pay house rent. Because that's how they were raised. You can imagine a, a, a guy raised by a single mom. And all he knows that daddy comes to visit and go. That kind of man will be expecting that. Uh-uh, we buy food, pay for it. It's not his fault. That's how he was raised. That's permissive parenting. Like, that's how he was raised. So you must, by yourself, ask questions. And a lot of women don't ask questions. Women, we assume a lot. Before my husband and I got married, I remember my friend used to joke about it. Ah, questionnaire. Because every day my husband has a question. So even me, I now have to go and look for questions. If you want to know the question to ask, buy how to find the right person to marry. <laughs> all the questions Sincerely, are You need to ask all questions. All the questions I asked and all the questions you should ask. You see, sorry for cutting you. There are people... The average single only asks questions. But there are questions you also need to ask yourself. So, there are questions you ask the person you want to marry, and there are questions you ask yourself that you must answer by yourself. So, one of the questions you need to ask is that he has a job. So, I had, I had a very, um, what's it called, we like a pathetic story of a lady that the guy kept saying that, I don't want my wife to work. I don't want my wife to work. I want, I want to marry my wife because he has a good job. And then two years down the line, he lost his job. The lady had to do terrible things just to fend for the family. So you have to ask that question. Oh, is he employable? Oh, some people, what they have is what their parents left for them. And you think they have money. Now in five years time, will this also work? When the you got married... The son of a rich man is not a rich son. Yes. Please know that. So when, when you got married, um, petrol was 165. Are you envisaging that petrol will be 250? You need to sit yourself down and ask those questions. It's not about um, um, you will be footing the bills. Not footing the bills alone. Because lately I realized that in marriage, bills are piling up every day. And so it can't solely, except you want to run the man mad. It can't solely pick up all the bills. But if you are going to be taking your own bills, then you must know that the man is a responsible man financially. Some people, give them 10 million. On that one hour, they will finish it. Online, buying, online. Is it that kind of person? So if you feel that you see money in an account, you don't know how he spends money, the things he buys, where he spends his money. Are you ready to face that? Not just that. He can pay our strength now. He can decide to say, okay, today I move you to one town in some water. And then leave you there and say you are not working. This is what he wants you to do. He must be within. You must sit down and say, okay, how do we make money? How do we save? What are the investment plans? You know, how do we invest for our children? What kind of school will our children go to? This is part of finance. Not just, oh, he wants to fit, fit, uh, he's the one that will um, follow the bills alone. It doesn't work that way. So don't, don't have that mentality of, oh, this man is the one that will pay. He will. Ask rent, all those rent. What about health? 
A lot of things, a lot of people don't talk about that. That are women that have lost their life because their husband is looking at the money. Ah, CS, 350. Natural bath, 35,000. Ah, no, you have to go natural. What about that? Do you talk about that? Do you talk about that? Some men don't take care of themselves. You, you know how you do fine girl stuff. You know how you buy your things, your cream and everything. You know what you eat and all of those stuff. Some men don't mind. She be soup. Go and buy uh, But you, you know how you do all of this. Talk about it. So money in general is not just about um, you want to just pay bills. You just want to pay house rent or anything. No. It's also about your financial values. Some people, if it is not uh, quality, they don't buy. Some people, quantity is what they buy. So you have to ask yourself that question. <laughs> so you have to ask yourself that question financially. So don't also be a burden to him. Don't be. A, I wasn't. I wasn't afraid of the man I was going to marry because I knew Hallelujah. who I was going to say yes to. Because I knew who I was going to say yes to. But whichever way, I knew that I was going to ask the person questions. Questions that, so you know men know how to shy away from questions. They know. Now when you now get married, it's how they, they will amplify it for you. If you don't want to answer questions, you can't force them. So you have to make sure that if you don't answer this question, we are not moving to the next level. So it's not just about, oh, I like that guy, I want to spend the rest of my life with that guy. Picture the next five years. Picture the next five years. Is he growing himself financially? Does he think of how he can make money? Some people are making some people make money last year. Today they don't have money. Some people make money some five years ago. They were all over. Today they don't they are, the FCC is looking for them. They are owing. Some people are still going to make much more money. So look at somebody who is ready to grow financially. And even you, are you ready to grow financially? You know, don't just overburden the guy that oh, he must be the man must be, the man must be. No. What are you bringing to the table? What is he bringing to the table? Is it something I want? Praise God. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so um, I also want us to have this understanding Please, I want to show a scripture on the screen Because um, for years A lot of people had um, this scripture being read in church He that does not provide for his own house Is worse than an infidel You know, and it's a scripture they used to Say that the man Should take care of everything in the house Now, this is not a scripture for irresponsibility, guys But it's a scripture everybody needs to understand That passage of scripture was not talking about marriage and please understand this. You can't take a scripture out of context. I don't care who is preaching it. First Timothy chapter 5. Please let's go to verse... Um, we read verse 8 to verse 9. First Timothy chapter 5. And you know some women too, when they are angry, that's what they say to their husband. You are quoting wrong scripture. Go to verse 5 please. Verse 5. Verse 5. I'll be terrible. I want everybody to say Verse 5. Can we read together one to go? Now, she that is a widow indeed and desolate, trusts in God and continues in supplication and prayer night and day. Verse 6. But she that lives in pleasure is dead while she lives. Verse 7. And these things give in charge that they may be blameless. Verse 8. But if any provide not for his own And especially for those of his own house He has denied the faith And is worse than an infidel Verse 9 Let not a widow be taken into the number Under three score years old That's 60 Having been the wife of one man Please go to verse 10 Go to the next verse 
well reported of for good works if she had brought up children if she had loved strangers if she had washed the saints feet if she had relieved the afflicted if she had diligently followed every good work what is he talking about there are you a widow so when the bible is saying he that does not provide for his own is what's that if he does, he's not talking about husbands it's talking about people who have widows in their house and they are making those widows the responsibility of the church so the bible is saying that before the church can adopt a widow as the church responsibility that widow must be above 60 years of age and that widow must have been committed in church she must have been in prayer meeting it must have been contributing to other people's life so he's now saying that if the person is not up to 60 that it should not make the person the widow the church burden that if you have a widow in your house and you are not taking care of the widow you are worse than an infidel he's not talking about marriage see the bible says and the two shall become one in marriage everything becomes one including your finances so if you are not willing this idea of my money is my money his money is our money is demonic it's not scriptural are you hearing what i'm saying that's why never marry someone whose financial intelligence you don't trust never marry someone who is selfish financially when you have money you spend it together when they have their own money you don't even know when they have money male or female you will have problems do you understand what i'm saying so please let's have that balance that scripture he that does not provide for his own house is not talking about marriage and that is just speaking to men he's speaking to widows and the church so please let's have that balance and that right perspective all right Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> okay. Um, I want to ask this question. And the question is about being organized and also being able to... Um, comp- um, your your way of life... Like Pastor said, Pastor said, okay, you as, an, as a single, you should be able... You should be able to organize your life before you can even attract a man to marry. So now, I always have this issue. I'm a very, okay, I'm not 100% organized yet, but I'm a bit organized in the, in the aspect of timing. And I have this friend of mine. We're just friends yet. So I, I always tell him that, okay, if you want us to discuss, this is my free time. Three to five. That's my free time. Once it's that, I'm busy with something else. So you'll be like, you are too serious. I'm always receiving that compliment. You are too serious. Ah, I can't cope with you. You are too serious. You're over serious. You're, you, you, you programmed your life. And each time, I'm always trying to let them know that, okay, let's look at my timetable together so that you understand the way I work and you'll be able to at least understand me. So I want to ask Pastor, how can you um, do that like as a single and also because now they were like, okay, I'm too serious. I should try and calm down a bit at least relate with people. So how can you manage that together with your relationship and also um, organizing your life like being organized? I think first lady is the best person to answer the question because she's married to an extremely organized person too. So... Praise God. Interestingly, I I think um, as a person, I get attracted to people that are very organized because you know some people are very organized as an organized, extremely organized, like pastor. And I've always had friends like that. 
And then that's the first thing they bring out in you and everything. And I'm like, okay, that's a weakness. So I know that I look out for people that have the strength. So if people complain that, oh, you are too organized, it's a strength. And if you decide to lower your standard, you will regret it. I always tell women, especially single ladies, don't ever, ever compromise your standard. The person that will appreciate it will come. The person that will appreciate you will always come. So take for example, there were things that I, I like to do. I'm, I'm a go-getter. I'm a businesswoman. I don't like seeing women that are idle. I don't like seeing you're just sitting, you're not doing anything, you're not up and doing. I don't get attracted to such women or men. So, at some point in my life, I mean, I could feel like what she was saying. I remember I had this friend, we were always talking. And how did we meet? I think we met randomly at the bus park or something. And then we go talking. And we were always talking, always talking. And at some point, I noticed that this guy doesn't talk to me any longer. So, I was always wondering. Then he said that, eh, out of all the friends that he has, that um, I'm too independent. That so he feels that nobody can control me. At that day, I wept. Because I was always asking him that, ah, we just, it just changed. I will call, he won't pick my call. And you know me, I have so many friends. But I was really very interested in his case. Not like to marry, but just to have as a friend. And that day when he said it, I felt hot. Because I've had a friend that also complained about that, that you are too independent. You, you are too independent. Ah, women don't do things like this. Women don't. So I felt, ah. So in my mind, I was going to call him that, okay, what are the things you feel that I can do? She be to drop my standard. And that, that day, I remember I went for fellowship. And my mentor was talking about, she just started mentioning that, hey, woman, a, a man is talking about you, that, oh, you are too independent, you are too independent, and it's affecting you. That you, you, that you don't need to drop your standard. It was as if somebody just removed something from my eyes. I said, hey, so I stopped calling him. Like four or five years later, I saw him at an event. He couldn't come to greet me. If I me, I couldn't even greet him. I was like, ah, what's wrong with this guy? He's still the same old person and everything. I don't even... So he was trying to like lower my standard but I didn't lower my standard and I thank God I didn't lower my standard so if you feel that oh because you are organized if you decide not to be organized the person would bring you to their level and their level might not be your own level do you understand so most, most times I was able to attract somebody like my husband my husband is the kind of person that likes a go-getter likes you doing things do this one you don't want to do it do so I was like ah are you serious so I was, I was even a bit you know receptive I was like, ah, no, this guy is different from all of them because everybody, every man I met at that time, you were always telling me that, ah, you, you do too many things as a woman. Ah, you won't have time for the family and children and everything and everything. So I was like, ah, okay, I'm not doing this again. I'm not doing... So even when I met my husband, I was telling him that, ah, I want to, I want to stop doing some things. My husband said, ah, are you okay? Why? And I told him, he said, no, 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 you can't stop. So that was the person that gave me that courage. So don't allow somebody to bring you down. Because if you, if you decide to change that part of you, how many things do you want to change? How many things are you going to change because of the man? So you will not be, you will not be living in, in the shadow of yourself because, oh, because he likes it, because he likes that. There are some things you will change in mind, definitely, but not the gift that God has given to you. That's your unique selling point. That's who you are. And that's what you should, you know, dwell on. Not trying to change because of a man or because of a friend or because of anybody. No. Some people are looking for how to be organized. Somebody like us. They're looking for how to be organized. Some people like us want to. But we are who we are. So be who you are, who God has made you to be, and enjoy it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. Um, I have a question to you personally. 
how do you resolve um, disagreements? I'm sure there are times you have different views on particular topic or subject. The reason why I'm asking is because um, like two years ago, I found out that a pastor I served many years back is divorced now. He had a series of books on marriages. In fact, I heard, he was the first person I heard marriage matics from. One plus one equals one. And we did an, an entire movie on one of his books. So it's still shocking. And I, I've been asking questions from my friends that we work together. I said, what happened? Everything you've mentioned, I've heard. I've read back to back. I'm a coach myself, so I'm still struggling with the idea that if that can happen to a pastor, what went wrong? So how do you resolve? Would it ever happen that you disagree and then it might, you might not settle it? Okay, thank you. Fantastic question. All right. So this is what the problem is. Hmm? Doctors take care of sick people. But doctors also fall sick. The problem of a doctor is not that he falls sick, but that he refuses to take the medicine he's recommending for people. I read more on relationships and marriage than I teach. The problem you see, even as a pastor, there are pastors who teach, so seed, tight, give generously, give willingly, give sacrificially, they don't give. So you see those pastors, they always depend on church member for survival. <laughs> we have not seen your hand. Because they are recommending what they are not practicing. So people, things don't work for you. Principles don't work for you because you teach them. They work before, because you practice them. And like I said, I read more on marriage than I teach on marriage. I think it was, was it October or November? The conference we went for. October. October. It was October. We went for a marriage conference. I still attend conferences of marriage. At that conference, the books and resources we bought on marriage was over 150,000. I can't teach all those books in one year. Why did I buy it? It's not because I want to teach for myself. So the problem is many people, when you see someone talking about something, being a professional at something, and that thing is not working for them, go and check it. They have become professionals, but they are not practicing what they are teaching. And sometimes, I don't know the person you are talking about, and really I'm not interested, but the question is, does that person have a mentor? You see, when you don't have an account, the person... Yeah. It's not that does he mention it? Is he a functional mentorship relationship? Okay, so let me add this. It might not even be the fault of the man. Yeah. It might be the fault of the woman. So I mean marriage I mean two become one. Yeah. So the man might be doing everything. One of the things I realize is this. That's why I always tell singles, a man, a woman, you see, whoever it is you are marrying, you are marrying your future. So whatever it is that you want to do, know that that thing, that the person you want to spend the rest of your life with, you are determining your future. The Bible says that if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? So the fact that, oh, you are the best coach in town, you are the best at this, the best at this, what is the foundation like? What was your foundation like? How did you guys start? Oh, we've had, we've had, we've had, a, a, I mean, a lot of misunderstanding and everything. But we come back because we are friends. 
We started with friendship. He didn't just start to say, oh, I'm, I'm a pastor, respect my office, you must marry me. The Lord told me. I knew people that told me that. That said, they, I must marry them because I pastor. They feel that she I must be a pastor. She didn't know I was a pastor when we started. I didn't even know he was a pastor. Be we careful, pastors. ladies. If a guy comes to you and says, God told me. You, what are you told in us? Tell us your own. God told me. I want to bamboozle the young girl. Because, because once you say God, especially someone that is not spiritually mature, ah, how shall I disobey God? You know, tell us you. What's your own conviction? So it might not be the pastor, literally. It might just be that the other person is just like, I'm off. You know, I was telling a, um, um, a pastor's wife friend, and I was saying that I feel led to. I'm still praying about it, but I feel led to have meetings with single ladies who know that their calling is to marry a pastor. It's a calling. Yeah. It is a calling. So sometimes you might just say that I'm not. I'm not. What's all this? That okay, I'm not even interested any longer. And then the person decides to walk out. So it might not be the fault of the pastor. So if a patient is sick and the doctor is doing everything. And the person is not ready to take the medication, is not ready to take anything. The person will eventually die. You know, so the foundation is it. How did they start their relationship? Oh, was it that pastor was sleeping with this babe and then before pastor transitioned into pastoring? Mm. Do you get? Was he a side chick before pastor transitioned to um, um, pastoring? It will. So that's why I always tell people that God cannot be mocked. Whatever it is you sow, you will reap. I'm not saying, I'm not playing um, Mrs. Righteous here, but I'm saying that foundation is key. Whatever it is you are using for the foundation now, you know that you are, you are digging um, something for the future. It will also always catch up with you. So that might be the issue. So it might not even be the pastor. Praise God. Fantastic. Have we answered the question? All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma. My question is on prayer time. I each time I heard you say, um, if you don't have a particular time that you pray and people get to know about that, I'm like, wow. Because take for instance, I tried that having a particular prayer time that I know that okay, five o'clock, I want to be praying every five o'clock, but that doesn't work for me because of the nature of my job. Sometimes I was trying that even to the extent that when I'm at work I still want to observe that, but I realized that particular time, that is when you will see uh, people that life is almost going off them. So I now find it very difficult. So what I did was, any time I wake up, because if I have a stable time, you start seeing things cropped up because of the nature of my job. So I now decided that, okay, any time, once I wake up, that is when I'm going to pray. So I don't know if that's... Um, can I say I have a prayer life by that lifestyle? Thank you, sir. If every time you wake up is when you pray, because of the nature of your job, you do a shift job, right? And sometimes you are asked to work extra hours. So even your sleep pattern is not predictable. You see, this thing is not, um, you can't be, um, what's the word now? It's not about legalism. It's a relationship. Do you understand? So because of the nature of your relationship, that's understandable. So even anybody that lives with you, you know, will know that once she wakes up, she won't pray. You see, and if you decide to have the time, any day you are off work, you can decide that the days that I'm off work and I'm at home, this is the time I'm going to pray. It's still very important you have a schedule for prayer. Because whatever you don't schedule, you will not be consistent in the practice of that thing. There's a reason why we have a service time. There's a reason why your work time 
you know, as a shadow. Imagine we say there is service today. What time? Anytime the Holy Ghost leaves you, just come. The time you might want to come, we may have finished service. So anything that is worth doing must be scheduled. Do you get so? Of course, we have off days, right? So make sure that those off days, there is a time you pray on those off days. And make sure it's a time you can be consistent with. Yeah. Okay, so let me quickly read this. When should a lady intimate this? It is a... In a talking stage, the man... lady what? Intimate... Initiate, sorry. A lady initiate dates. It is a... On a talking stage, the man has asked for two physical dates which has led... Which has helped. But there has been a pause. Should the lady initiate a follow-up date and or conversation to continue the to continue to conversation to continue the get to know each other pre-relationship period so scientists say that they've gone on the dates for two times now and then there is a pause and should she the guy is not decided yet yes so if he's not decided what are you initiating if you initiate it you will run the relationship Exactly. Always allow the man to take the lead, or else you will lead him for the rest of your life. Mm. Men are wired to go after what they want. Men are not stupid. If they want something, they will do whatever. They will climb fence, jump trailer, crawl under the bridge to get it. So if you are the one trying to push him that eh, let's go on another, they don't do that. Except you are already in a relationship, right? You are already in that relationship, and you feel oh, maybe we guys have not gone on a date for a while. You now initiate it, but not when you are not yet in a relationship. Always allow the men to take the lead as a woman. So I was going to say that, uh, I mean, question one that I was going to ask is that, have you said yes to him? Are you guys dating? If you guys are dating already, I mean, you said yes to him, and you have gone on a date twice, and you, are say, and you like the date, women like dates now, and you feel that... Why is he not taking me out? Then you can initiate a date. But if you are still in talking stage, it's either of two things. It's either he had seen something and he wants to ask himself again. Or it's either the guy has jackpot. It's either of two things. I remember I had a date with my husband and I even took him on that date. Can you imagine? Man of God. I took him on that date. You know, on that date, I was fasting, he was feasting. He was eating, I was looking at him. And after he finished eating, he just stopped smiling. And I got the message that this guy, there's something wrong. So, I mean, in the evening, I was going for a service. He was going home. So in the evening, I sent him a message that you are looking. He said, I'll get back to you, I'll get back to you. I said, okay. And then he said, he doesn't want to say this on phone. But he would like us to see me that I know what he wanted to say. So by the next time we saw, he said, he feels that we should give ourselves a break. I said, it's, it's okay. After giving you food. <laughs> I said, it's okay. It's not a problem. I also decided to give you breakfast. <laughs> One good one deserves another. <laughs> so, so he served me breakfast. Can you imagine? Said that we should give ourselves a break. It feels like we're rushing. Yeah, and it was the one rushing me. So, so if you don't know what you're doing or what God has told you as a lady, I left him with me. Me that I have friends, I have guys that are my friends. I just had, I left him. Guys, I have portrayed fine girl. Like, ah. So afterwards, he came back and he was. So I didn't see it as anything that, you know, because some girls, they will block him, block his mother, block his sister, block everybody. Just because he said, give me a break. I mean, a break can mean that he wants to, like, think about things. No, do I want to stay committed to this person? Is this person? Don't rush things. Enjoy your single life. 
sister. And if the guy is not going on, go on a date. Take yourself to the cinema. Take pictures. Say, Auntie, help me in the picture. Take picture. Capture yourself. Eat. I still enjoy my life as a married person. Sometimes I say, Pastor, you stay. Don't worry. I'm not going anywhere. You stay with the word. Let's <laughs> go into the word. And it's not affecting anything. You know, because if you don't enjoy yourself, if you feel that he's the one that will keep, there are times you want him and he's not there. There are times I want my husband to myself and he's here praying. Yeah, I want to see some people. He wants to do that. I'm like, ah, let's just, uh-uh. you know. So if you don't have that, um, um, if you don't have that um, confidence of owning your thing, like you're a single person, own it, wear the badge of miss without, you know, feeling like, oh, you want to go on a date. You want to, it's good to go on a date, but you can date yourself first. Mm. Hallelujah. Let's celebrate the Lord Jesus.